Welcome in, everybody. This is the fourth episode of the Give Me the Points podcast. I am your host, Soup. I am joined by my co-host, Tyler, and we are going to cover some week one NFL action along with the two top 25 college plays. How are you doing tonight, Tyler? I am good. How about yourself? Ready for some football? Yeah, I'm not too bad. We're on a family vacation right now. It's winding down. Um, If there's some background noise, there are little children everywhere that are trying to sleep. And those of you that have little children, you know they like to wake up randomly throughout the night. Um, So we're going to make this short and sweet until I can get back to my normal setup. Um, But real quick, I know we've been talking about covering covering bankroll management for a while now. Um, Everything that we've played so far is a one-unit play. A unit, as far as I'm concerned, is your bankroll, and your bankroll is the uh, the money that you have set aside for the season, whether that be a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, whatever you can afford. Um, that is your bankroll, and every unit that we bet is three percent of that bankroll. And that throughout the year, the goal is to increase your bankroll. Um, Betting 100 units and 200 units and 500 units like 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 Vegas Dave and all the scamdy cappers out there on the internet makes absolutely no sense. That's how you go broke. That's how you lose money that you can't afford to lose. Um, so everything this week is going to be one unit because we, we don't want to um, jump right into the NFL season throwing big money around. Uh, we want to see how things play out, what teams really look like. You know, it's been a long time since we've seen any of these teams play. So everything here is going to be one unit, and one unit is 3% of that bankroll that you have set aside. For example, if you have $1,000 set aside to bet the NFL season, one unit would be a $30 wager. Um, We will have two-unit and five-unit plays throughout the year. Obviously, the higher the unit, the more confidence we have in the play. Um, But like I said, everything so far has been one unit. We are 7-3 and in college football so far. That's hitting at a 70% clip if we can keep that pace for the entire year. We are going to make some really, really good money for uh, not only ourselves, but you guys that listen and tune in every single week. Um, With that being said, are you ready to hit these lines? Absolutely. Okay, so the first line is tomorrow night, the Thursday night game, the opener of the season, Dallas at Tampa, minus 8.5, with the over-under sitting at 51.5. I'm going to let you cover this one first. This is our first play of the NFL season. This is a one-unit play. Where are we going with this one? We like the over in this game. Um, both teams are absolutely loaded on offense. Um, you know, and both teams have their own separate points to prove. Tom Brady has his point to prove. Dak has his to prove. There's going to be points. Um, you know, we like Dallas to score at least 21 points, and we like Tampa to score over 30. Um, you know, and Dallas could score more. Tampa could score more, but we like them to hit at least that number. Uh, so with that, we feel fairly strongly confident um, about the over in this game. Yeah, before Dak went down last year, Dallas averaged almost 33 points per game. Um, Dallas's defense led up 30 points per game last year. They did add Micah Parson to go along with five, under def- five other defensive rookies. Um, they like Micah Parson alongside of Leighton Vander Esch to fill that linebacker void. Um, but Leighton Vander Esch seems to be another Sean Lee. The guy can't stay healthy. But Tampa did let up 22 per game last year. Going against a high-powered offense like Dallas, I like Dallas to hit that number, if not more. And Tampa scored 30 points per game last year, even with a slow start. So 
Um, I like Dallas to hit that or Tampa to hit that number against a porous Dallas defense. Um, Brady had to get used to the scheme. Mike Evans and Gronk were basically invisible for the first couple games. Tampa in a home no, home opener, hoisting the Lombardi Trophy. Um, I like Tampa to come out, put up some points. Mr. Big Chest probably get a touchdown. And uh, like you said, the, the story of this game is Dak Prescott and the Dallas offense to see if it can pick up where it left off last year. I know Tom Brady just won his seventh ring. I know this is a big deal because he's you know they're returning all twenty two starters, but Dak's the headline here, and uh, that's crazy to think. Um, but yeah, so the first play of the year. Dallas Tampa over 51 and a half. The um, the first one o'clock game. This is going to be a lean. Um, there's no play on this, but we're just going to cover it because it is an NFL game. Pittsburgh plus six and a half at Buffalo. I like um, taking the half point and Pittsburgh plus seven. I think's um, a logical play here. Tons of hype on Buffalo this year. We're part of that hype. We took their over, uh, but I've learned not to bet against the Steelers living in the Pittsburgh area. I'm a Steelers hater. I've battled against them a lot, and I've lost a lot on them. So I have higher expectations than most people do for them this year. I think they keep it close. I think Buffalo wins the game, but I like Pittsburgh plus seven as a lane. Yeah, I'm, I, I like that. Um, my biggest issue with the Steelers is Ben's arm. How will it be late in the season? It's week one. Late in the season doesn't apply. So if there's a week he can come out slinging and, you know, keep it close against a Really, 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 really good football team. I think week one, yeah, they keep it close. Buffalo wins, though. Okay. Um, Jets versus Carolina. Carolina coming in at minus five. Um, the over-under sitting at 44 and a half. Um, I like the under in this game. There's just too much unknown on the offensive side for me. Um, Sam Darnold, who knows what to expect. Yes, it's against. It's a revenge game against his old team, Zach Wilson. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Zach Wilson, but it's tough to take. Um, rookie quarterbacks in their first ever start in the Jets running back situation. Nobody knows what the hell's going on there. Um, who's going to start? You know, is it going to be Tevin Coleman? Are we going to see Michael Carter? Uh, nobody has any idea what really is going to come out of that backfield. Ty Johnson. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I just don't think that either team offensively is going to be that impressive. So I would lean the under 44 and a half. Yeah, I think this is one of those games you look at week one. No one, we realistically don't really have a clue what to expect from either team. It'd be hard to make, you know, good predictions when there is a lot of unknowns. I mean, rookie coach, rookie quarterback on the Jets, that's new quarterback on the on the Panthers. It's, it's tough to know what you're going to get from either team. Yeah, next game, uh, Jags minus three at Houston. I over under sitting at 45 and a half. I do not have a lean here. I have no idea what's going to happen. I could see the under hitting. I could see Jacksonville putting up 40 on Houston. I could see Houston shocking and winning the game. I could see Trevor Lawrence looking amazing. I have no pick here. I'm going to let you take this one. What do you like in this game? Uh, it's soft lean. I, I like Jacksonville mainly um, due to strongly disliking the Texans. I'll be probably picking against the Texans a lot this year. I think they stink. You know, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, a lot to prove, a lot of pressure on them, but they've had quite a bit of time to, you know, game plan for this game. Uh, he, Trevor Lawrence is used to the hype and is used to the pressure. He's had it his whole life. So I don't think that's going to phase him. You know, now the NFL speed could, who knows. But overall, I just, I think that as the Jaguars are a just below average team, I think the Texans stink. 
So I take Jags in this just based on how bad I think the Texans are, honestly. Yeah, I'm, I just – I'm interested to watch this game. I'm interested to see how bad Houston is and what Trevor Lawrence looks like because um, it could – those could provide some really juicy lines as the year goes on, especially on the Jacksonville side. If you can get them at a big dog, it might pay off in the long run. Um, next game – Arizona at Tennessee, Tennessee coming in at minus three, the over under at 52 and a half. I lean the over in this game. Um, both teams averaged over 25 a game last year. Neither defense was very good last year. Um, Arizona was bottom 10 against the rush. That's not a good recipe against Derrick Henry. And Tennessee's overall defense was in the bottom 10, averaging over 28 per game last year. Bottom three in pass defense. And that's what Arizona is going to do. They're going to pass the ball. Kyler Murray's going to break plays down. He's going to make plays with his legs, and he's going to extend plays. So I think this could be probably the most exciting game to watch. Um, for those of you that have fantasy players in this game, I think it has the largest fantasy implications of the week. I like the over 52.5 in this game as a lean. What about you? Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. The skills of the offense on the team, on those two teams, and the – not great skill on the defensive side for both teams kind of, you know, lends itself to what should be the over. So, you know, a nice 13 to 10 game is incoming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. When you feel so, you know, we don't feel super strong about it, but when you're expecting something exciting, yeah, it, I wouldn't be surprised. I would be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked. I guess I could put it that way. Uh, the next game, Philly uh, versus Atlanta, Atlanta, the home team. Uh, coming in at minus three, the over under at forty eight and a half. What do you uh, what are you leaning towards here? I actually I like the over in this one as well. Uh, you know, again, just a lean. Um, I think both of those teams should be able to put up points on each other. I don't think either one has a you know particularly strong defense, um, and I think you know they that they should be able to score. I like Jalen Hurts. I I don't know that he's you know a franchise fifteen year QB, but I think he's solid. Um, you know, and I think he'll be able to move the ball. We know Atlanta will be able to. So I like the over in this one. Yeah, and if you hear that hacking up a lung in the background, I apologize. That's uh, Dale from Punchlist MMA. He's yeah, he obviously can't control it while I'm trying to record here, but that's fine. Um, I like. Uh, I think I like Philly plus the points in this game. Atlanta's done nothing but disappoint ever since February 5th of 2017. Uh, for you Falcon fans, you know exactly what happened on that day, 28-3. Uh, I don't trust either defense, so that plays in towards the over, but I'd give Philly the slight edge. Both teams have some playmakers, but a lot of unknown. Again, uh, how good will Kyle Pitts really be? I expect him to be fantastic, but I don't know about in the first game. Devonta Smith. Jalen Rager. Um, I like Miles Sanders' ability to catch the ball out of the backfield, and I, I think that helps Hurts a lot. A guy that's going to have, have to use his legs a lot. He's going to have to extend plays because the offensive line's got a lot of question marks on it. Uh, I think it'll be a close game, so I would lean Philly plus three. Um, next game, I think we disagree on the spread on this one. Um, Chargers minus one at Washington over under at 44 and a half. I'm going to start this out by saying if I had to pick a side on the over-under, I'd side with the under. Um, and that has everything to do with Washington. Washington's defense is incredible. 
in their offense, I really don't trust at all. So I think San Diego is the earth or San Diego. Los Angeles' defense will be able to maintain it. Um, if Austin Eckler's out, this changes a lot because he missed today's practice with a hamstring injury that nobody knew about until today. Um, so if he's out, I would probably just go with the under. Um, but the Chargers weren't great, but they weren't bad against the run last year. And I think coming into this game, Washington's focal point of their offense has to be through Gibson. Um, I don't trust Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's not a 16, well, now 17-game starter. Um, if Eckler plays, I like the Chargers to cover the one. If he doesn't play, I would lean the under 44.5. That's what I would go with. Yeah, I, I like – I'm with you on the under. Um, disagree, obviously, on the on – the, you know, I take Washington plus one. I am wholeheartedly with you on Fitzmagic, not – you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick not being a 17-game starter. But I'm not going to say he couldn't come out and light it up week one or in individual weeks here and there because he's absolutely proven he can do that. And mine has more to do with the Washington defense. I love Justin Herbert. I think he's a stud. I think he's going to be even better this year than last year. However – Week one on the road, big road trip against one of the better defenses in the league um, that has had an entire year of film on him to study. Um, and, you know, with a great defensive coach in Ron Rivera, I think that I don't say he'll be in for a shock, like he'll look bad or anything, but I would trust Washington a little bit more in this one at home. Yeah. And, I mean, this, this isn't a big stretch because I think that a lot of people have this thought. But Justin Herbert is the next elite-level quarterback that's not elite yet. I, I truly think Justin Herbert is the face of that. He will be the face of that franchise for a long time. Um, his decision-making ability and, his, and just everything about him as a rookie was top-notch, top, top, or top notch, man. Um, but, yeah, I – Dude, going up against that defensive line, going up against Chase Young and Montez Sweat, it's going to be tough. I mean, it's not going to be easy. So, yeah, I, I'm i just going to say I'll lean the under. You know, I'm not going to go against you here. I would say I'll lean the under 44 and a half. Yeah, again, you know, I have my opinion, you have yours, but neither one of us feels so strongly about it. But no. I do lower on the points total, absolutely. Okay. All right. Our next one-unit play here, Sam Fran, minus seven and a half at Detroit. The over-under coming in at 45. We're taking Detroit plus seven and a half. <laughs> no, not in a million years. Never, no, we're not betting on Jared Goff. Um, we're not betting on DeAndre Swift with his broken, pulled groin, broken dick, whatever he has. I don't know what it is. The um, best offensive weapon is their ground game. And with a banged-up lead back, Going up against a loaded, healthy San Fran defense, man. I'm going to take the BYU stud in Fred Warner versus the BYU stud in Jamal Williams any single day. Fred Warner's an absolute freak of nature and will be all over the field. Um, this, I want you to name me, name me Detroit's wide receivers. Um, yeah, well, we've got the Amon Ross St. Brown, I believe. Yes, yeah. Um, and uh, does he have a clone that's their second receiver? Or no, no, no. no. So, so their wide receiver <laughs> one right now is Tyrell Williams, who, sure, that'd be great to have on your team as a wide receiver four. Yeah. Um, their number two is Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, then you have Khalif Raymond. Gosh. And then we're really digging deep here. We have Quintez Cephas. 
Kadero Hodge and Trinity Benson. Did you say Merrill Hodge? Yeah, Merrill Hodge. Yeah, Merrill Hodge. Oh, factor back. Um, dude, it, it's so bad. I mean, TJ Hawkinson is basically their number one receiver, honestly. Yeah, yes, exactly. And TJ Hawkinson is a stud. I'm not taking yeah. anything away from him. But Jared Goff, the robot of a quarterback that he is, if and when San Fran gets out early, he will have to lead a comeback, and I just don't see the ability to do so with those weapons, man. And now, on this- the other side, on the other side of that, they're going to get out to a lead, and Mostert and Sermon are going to run wild on that defense. Just yeah. absolutely run wild. That's so it's not even like they're going to need a passing game. They're gonna, yeah, they're going to they're gonna go insane. Um, and, and Mostert with that speed, man, I wouldn't be surprised if his first carry is 80 yards to the house. I won't be surprised. Um, and with, with it doesn't matter who plays quarterback for San Fran this week. It looks like it's going to be Garoppolo, I believe. But even if it's Trey Lance, whatever quarterback with, with Kittle and company running routes, George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, the, the quarterback should find success early and often. So San Fran minus the seven and a half. That's our next one unit play for this week. Yep. Um, a game that we were going to play as a unit play, but I think we kind of just settled back on a lean. We both agree on it, though. Seattle minus three at Indy. Um, I think we're both leaning Seattle minus three. What's your, what's, what's your reason behind this? My reasoning is early season, Russ cooking. You know, hopefully he does it all year, um, but I just – he seems to always come out on fire, especially in the past few years. Um, I just I, I like Seattle's offense a heck of a lot. Will Carson stay healthy? I don't know, but it's yes. week one. They've got him week one. He's going to produce week one for sure. After that, all bets are off, but I, I'd like them a lot in this. I don't dislike uh, Indy. I think they're a very good team. I just think Seattle's going to come out firing, um, and it, I kind of lean, you know, Seattle because of that. Yeah, and I like Seattle. The improvements they added to their defensive line, which really plays into this game, because the Colts' offensive line is super banged up right now. Um, we'll we'll have to see how good um, JT really is in his second year, but he beat up really bad defenses last year, and I don't see a really bad defense in the Seattle team. Pass defense was bad last year, but I like the run defense. I expect Wentz to take a few weeks to get his footing. It's a new system, and he's not 100%. Um, yes, he's going to play, but he's not 100%. And like you said, early season Russ, man, there's there's nothing like it. Um, it's otherworldly. Chris Carson's fixed his fumbling woes, and DK and Lockett is going to stretch the field. Um, they brought in Gerald Everett as the tight end. So, yeah, I like, I like Seattle. I'm going to lean Seattle minus three in this game. Um, our next one-unit play here. This one just seems like a trap to me. I just think it seems too easy. Minnesota minus two and a half at Cincinnati. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. That should be enough to counter the offensive line woes for Minnesota. Um, I'm excited to see Burrow healthy again, but the reports from training camp and all the preseason are concerning, not only for Burrow, but for Jamar Chase not being able to catch a ball. They have the young weapons around them. Um, They've – got Tyler Boyd, they've got Jamar Chase, they've got T. Higgins. I just don't think it's all going to click week one. I'll take the more experienced team with the more impressive offensive skill players to win by, you know, to, to cover less than a field goal, man. 
I like Minnesota minus two and a half in this game. Yeah, I, I love them. This feels to me like one of those lines where people looked at the names on the Bengals and, you know, the star power names without the reports of training camp and without the fact that it's more than names and you have to see how their continuity is as a team and their offensive line is bad. Um, you know, the Bengals could be firing by the end of the year, but uh, you kind of have to go off what the reports are. Um, you know, that's why we have reporters and the reports have not been good. So I don't see how they could ha- look bad all training camp and then suddenly come out and be a well-oiled machine week one. That just doesn't seem something likely to happen. And we know Minnesota's a, a pretty solid to good team. So that, like you said, this almost seems too easy. Yeah, and what's crazy is as earlier today, the line was Minnesota minus three. And as we're recording, it's Minnesota minus two and a half because I was going to suggest buying the half point to two and a half. But that's not even necessary here. Um, the line's moving in favor of the Bengals, which is really weird. Um, maybe that maybe there's something that I don't know. Um, but I just I like Kirk Cousins' ability to get the ball to his playmakers and his playmakers to get the job done against Cincinnati. Um, our next play, another one-unit play, Miami at New England. Um, New England's coming in at minus three, but the over-under sitting at 43 and a half. And I like the under a lot in this game. Uh, you had two top seven defenses from last year, two bottom 10 offenses from last year. The biggest question mark in this game is the quarterback play. Um, there's no question about it. We don't believe in Tua. We made a season long bet against Tua. And I just don't know how much Belichick's going to trust Mac Jones in this uh, first you know, week one game against a division opponent. Then probably the team they're going to be battling for for a wild card. Um, New England's been a bend but don't break defense for past 10 years. Um, and they got Dante Hightower back and the, they brought uh, Kyle Van Noy back, the addition of Matt Judon. They should be able to lock down the middle of the field. The New England added weapons on the offense. I, you, you, you'll see this is a theme in the show. Um, I don't think it all clicks week one. So the defense of Miami was pretty good last year. So I think that Miami or New England does enough to win this game, but I'm not confident enough to take them with the minus three. So I would go the under 43 and a half. And I believe you agree with me on the under here. I do. Yeah. I don't, Bill's not going to ask Mac Jones to light the world on fire. I mean, he pleasantly has surprised me in the preseason. Um, You know, and I think I wasn't very high on him coming in to the season, you know, or the draft. But then once they picked him, you know, I did say probably the best landing spot for him realistically, like he, he will be good there. Um, But again, Bill's just going to, he's not going to ask him to come out and throw for five touchdowns against a good defense against a coach on the other side that he knows. Um, You know, I think this feels like a low scoring, maybe not the most exciting, but new England gets the job done. But yeah, I don't, I don't see either one of these quarterbacks coming out week one or these offenses and just, you know, lighting the world on fire. As you said, week one theme, they will not be functioning at their maximum output week one. Yeah, I think this game ends both teams in the teens, 16, 14, 16, something weird. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, so that's our next one unit play. Um, Then the next game, Browns, Chiefs, Chiefs. Cleveland at Kansas City, Kansas City minus six and a half over under 54 and a half. I don't have a lean here. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy what I think are the two best teams in the AFC outside of Buffalo. Um, What's your lean here, man? 
I mean, if you told me to make a lean, I, I guess over, but I'm kind of the same as you. I don't, I mean, I think Kansas City is amazing. I think Cleveland is really, really good. Um, but I, I don't know what to expect from this game other than having the expectation of being incredibly entertained. That's pretty much my only expectation. And where that takes us with this game, I have no clue. Yeah, this is going to be one of the games where I just sit down, tune in, and enjoy um, two top teams going at each other week one. Um, our next one-unit play, Denver versus the New York Giants. The Giants are the home team. They're getting two and a half points. The over-under is ridiculously low at 41 and a half, but we're not touching the over-under here. Um, what's uh, what's the play here? Our play that we like here is uh, the Giants at uh, plus two and a half. It's, like you said, home team. Um, they've got a good coach that's going to get the most out of them. Denver, I mean, I don't know how you could look at Denver and have them do anything to move the needle for you. There's nothing exciting there. Um, I mean, you know, should have a solid defense, but it, Teddy Bridgewater doesn't move the needle for ever, anybody. That's why he is on his you know, however many teams he's on by now, um, multiple. So them going on the road, week one, cross country, I think that the and the Giants are going to pleasantly surprise this year and be a, be a solid team, um, and that this feels like Giants at home is, is the way to go. Yeah, I, I like Denver's defense, but I love Danny Dimes. <laughs> and those of you that know me, Tyler knows I'm a big Daniel Jones guy. Um, I really do think he's shown some flashes of a good quarterback. Add Saquon back into the mix, add Kenny Galladay, um, add in the rookie, Kadarius Toney. Evan Ingram may be out for this game, but I still think the Giants keep this game close. I think they're going to win a close, low-scoring game. I'm not sold on Teddy Two Gloves or what's going on in that running back backfield. Cortland Sutton, all the reports are that he's been struggling with his return from his brutal ACL injury. I'll take the home team plus the points. You want to buy the half a point and just get him at plus three, just in case? Yeah, I, th- I think that's, that's okay. more reasonable. Giants plus three. Um, next game, this is our last one-unit play of the night. Packers minus four at Jacksonville? Yeah, they're yeah. playing at Jacksonville. Okay, so Packers minus four against the Saints. The over-unders coming in at 50. Um, both defenses are going to be good. I really do expect both defenses to be pretty good. So I'll take the much better, much more talented offense in a fake road game. Uh, not having to play in the Superdome is huge. It's going to be a, you know, it's a huge advantage for the Packers here. I know there's speculation that Rodgers may not be mentally invested this year, but I think the opposite's going to happen. I think he's going to come out pissed off, and I think he's going to light the world on fire. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins uh, another MVP. And when I look at this game, you know, like I said, both defenses are very good. I'd say that, you know, I'd give the Saints a slight edge on defense, but Rodgers versus James Winston, give me Aaron Rodgers. Jones versus Alvin Kamara. I give Alvin Kamara the slight edge solely off the system that he's in. If you gave me, if you said I need a running back to run the ball, I'm giving Aaron Jones, but Kamara brings the the, the receiving aspect to it. And then wide receiver core, man, it's Devonta Adams um, versus Marquez Callaway, Traquan Smith, and fucking little Jordan Humphrey from Texas. Little Jordan. 
Well, Jordan Humphrey from Texas is their number three guy, but they do have Chris Hogan. Chris Hogan, I think, is their number five receiver, so watch out for that. Um, yeah, Packers minus four. I, I've seen a lot of like a lot of uh, articles and stuff thinking that this is their you know their surprise, their upset of the week, their surprise game of the week. The Saints come, they you know they go to Jacksonville and they win this game against the Packers. I'm not taking Aaron Rodgers to lose Week One against James Winston. There's just no way. So Packers minus four. Yeah, that that you pretty much summed up everything. I'll just add in the uh, even if you want to feel even more confident about it. So Jacksonville's hot and humid in the summer. Very hot, very humid. Well, Lafleur is going with our, as you know, you know, being a veteran like me, our boot camp hydration chart of clear pee means mm-hmm. hydrated. Our man is aware of this. They're mm-hmm. going to be hydrated, but uh, in all seriousness, yeah, it's Aaron Rodgers. That's you know, you can delve a lot into the matchup, but Aaron Rodgers versus Jameis Winston kind of boils yeah. down to that for me. So, if there's any yellow in your piss, you better chug two canteens. Yes, and it better be it's clear. You better be so hydrated that you piss out all of your hydration is what you need to do. Exactly. Uh, the next game, the Bears are at the Rams. Um, Rams are coming in at minus 7.5, over under 47.5. I would either lean the Rams to cover or the under. I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of Andy Dalton and David Montgomery and company. Um, there's a, another team with so much hype on them as the Rams this year. Uh, we'll see what Matt Stafford can do um, against a team that he played against a lot in his career. So it's not a um, it's not a new opponent for him. So I'd lean the Rams minus seven and a half. Yeah, I, I would as well. And look, I'm a big Allen Robinson guy. I love him. Um, been one of my favorite players since he came into the league. But Jalen Ramsey. He runs his mouth, and my God, does he back it up? He'll pretty much take him out of the game. So then you're asking Andy Dalton, Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet, and you know David Montgomery to beat the Rams defense that you know just kind of has one of the top five, top three, maybe top one defensive players of all time anchoring the middle. A couple other you know decent players on that D, and I think the Bears will be solid this year, especially when they start fields like they should. But I love the Rams. So it, it is a big line, so it is more of a lean, but I would lean Rams to cover because I just think they are tremendous. Yeah, if Andy Dalton uh, gets grabbed up by the Bear Aaron Donald, it's going to be a bad time. I mean, it's bad. It's a bad time for him. Uh, the last game, which sucks, man, there's only one Monday night game. Uh, I hate this. I love the opening week with two Monday night games. We only have one Monday night game, and it's Baltimore minus four and a half at Vegas. Um Baltimore's last three opening games, the last three years with Lamar Jackson, I want you to, I want you to guess their combined margin of victory. Give me a number. Mm. Sixty-four. One hundred and twenty-seven. Oh man! Um, they <laughs> they had a thirty-two point win, a forty-four point win, and a forty-nine point win in their last three week ones. Um, yeah, the offense is a little banged up. <clears throat> But I'm not buying into the Raiders. I'm not buying into Chucky. I'm not I like Derek Carr, but I'm not buying into that team at all. I would I'm I'm leaning because I don't think that you're as strong on this game as I am. So we're gonna lean Baltimore minus four and a half here. At least I am. I think they're gonna murder them. I really do. No, I, I don't it's think it's more close. than I would say it's more than a lean. It's just, I'd, 
Man, look, we are fans. We've watched football our whole life. We don't study tape religiously, but we watch all the games. We're we're well versed and we're we're fairly damn knowledgeable. So that being said, I don't think I know more than an NFL coach or an NFL GM. But I question if I know more than Gruden and Mayock sometimes because I don't know what the hell they're doing there, man. Christ, I, man. I really don't. Like they they are they suck. I honestly yeah. think they suck. Yeah, it's it's well, and it and it all goes back to the owner. I mean, I don't know how you can take a guy with that haircut seriously. Um, <laughs> but those are our that's that. That's our week one place for the NFL. It's Dallas at Tampa over 51 and a half. San Fran minus seven and a half at Detroit. Minnesota minus two and a half at Cincinnati. Miami at New England, the under 43 and a half. Denver at the Giants. We're taking the home team, the Giants plus three. We're buying the half point. Packers minus four. Um, not at New Orleans. It's a, it's, at Jacksonville, Packers minus four against the Saints. Um, and we have two top 25 college matchups. I like a play in both of these. Um, if you don't mind, I'll take the Oregon-Ohio State game here, and then I'll let you take the Iowa-Iowa State game. You cool with that? Cool with that. Okay. Oregon at Ohio State. Ohio State coming in at minus 14.5. The over-under coming in at 63.5. I like Oregon to cover the 14.5 points. Um, all the talent's there on that offense. It took a while to get clicking against Fresno, but all the talent is there on Oregon's offense. If Anthony Brown can get it going, you know, he's not the, um, he's not the, the, the flashy quarterback, um, the, the big name quarterback, but the talent is around him. I like Oregon. I like, I like their ability to keep this really close until the end. And Ohio State struggled. Until Muhammad Ibrahim went down for Minnesota, uh, Minnesota actually had the lead in that game for for a good bit. And once he went down, they became one dimensional, and Ohio State was able to pull away. So, give me Oregon plus fourteen and a half. We're going to make that a one unit play, and have at it, man. As as a WVU fan, I know you know a lot about Iowa State, um, and as mutual Big Ten fans, we both know a lot about Iowa. So what do you like in this Iowa at Iowa State game? Iowa State, by the way, is at home minus three and a half. The over-unders are 46 and a half. I like Iowa State. Um, so I've been to that stadium. I've been to uh, Jack Trice. They get rocking, all right? Um, it is a typical Midwest, you know, wearing their farming outfits. Just it's wild. Um, they are going to be electric. They hate Iowa. Okay, I can tell you from personal experience, the fans, um, and you know, fans matter in college a lot more, I think, than NFL sometimes. It's a yeah, true rivalry, sure. and it's been a big brother stepping on the little brother rivalry. Well, at some point, the little brother grows up, um, and that Iowa State football program has grown up. I love Brock Purdy. I did, didn't like him as a true freshman when he beat WVU, but I do love watching him. Uh, Brees Hall's amazing. Charlie Kohler, probably one of the best, if not the best, tight ends in college football. They got Mike Rose on defense. Iowa's good. Um, and, you know, shout out to the to the wave they do at their home games. Everyone's got to love that with the, with the sick kids. But Iowa State is just – this, to me, feels like their time. They could be a dark horse college football playoff contender if they can beat Oklahoma, if they produce the way they can this year. 
But for all of that to happen, they got to beat Iowa. This has to be the year they step up and make a statement in that Cyhawk. And I think Iowa State will absolutely cover the points. Um, I think they should. I think they will. Um, if you want to see an electric college football atmosphere, tune into that game because it's going to be a good one. Yes, yeah, so it's, it's. I'm glad you brought up um, the atmosphere and the home field advantage in college football because it, it, it totally is different, man. It's these kids are playing in front of their peers. NFL players aren't playing in front of their peers. None of us are NFL players' peers. You know what I mean? These kids are playing in front of kids that they go to class with. They're friends. It's a totally different atmosphere. This type of game, if this game was at Iowa, I would would lean Iowa. I I really think the home field makes a difference here. Um, But you hit on all the highlights of the the top caliber players that Iowa State brings to the table and the fact that they're at home, man. I agree with you. What do you think about buying a half point and just taking Iowa State minus three? It's it makes a lot more sense betting okay. wise. Um, game I believe game day is going to be in Ames. This I can't. Can you tell me the last time college game day was in Ames, Iowa, at uh, Iowa Long State? Long time. Uh, it's man. It's uh, I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, buying the half point, I think just just to cover yourself, pretty much always a, a smart and safe idea. Okay, so we got Oregon plus fourteen and a half against Ohio State, and then Iowa State minus three against Iowa. Those are our two college plays. So that gives you guys eight total plays for the week. Um, I'm super excited, man. There's so much freaking football this weekend. It's going to be awesome. It sucks that we only have two top 25 matchups because we do want to do NFL um, as well as mix in college. But there's so many college games. We can't possibly cover, you know, eight or nine college games. We like to keep these episodes anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour. We're at the 38-minute mark right now. So I think this is a perfect spot to start wrapping it up. Um, As always, guys, if you aren't listening to Punchlist MMA, head over there, subscribe. You can find them on Spotify. You can find them on iTunes. They are the group that helped put us on the map. Um, A lot of the guys that are listening to us listen to us because they heard of us from them. Gail and Trey do a fantastic job of breaking down um, not only UFC, but Bellator fights and these off-brand boxing matches that are happening. Um, they're extremely knowledgeable. Shout out to the one host, Trey Van Buskirk, who is San Diego's newest Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. Um, that is an accomplishment that a very, very few amount of people in this world can say that they have reached. Um, I know I'm proud of you. I know Dale's proud of you. I, I, it's it's such an accomplishment. Congratulations to you, buddy. Um, so, yeah, go over, give them a listen. They break down fights the way that we break down football games. They know what they're talking about. And Trey brings some legitimate legitimacy to that podcast, being a black belt. Um, so make sure you give them a listen. And I'm excited for this weekend. I don't want it to be Sunday because my vacation will be over and I'll be back in Pittsburgh. But at the same point in time, I'm super excited for it to be Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you. Every single, you know, starting middle school, high school, adulthood, Marine Corps, past, all, everything you and I have done, it's uh, fall time comes, you enjoy the days during the week, but your eye is always on Sunday. And, you know, Sunday night hits, you get Sunday scaries, but then you get the next Sunday to look forward to. So, 
you know what sucks? The older we get, I remember being a kid and like one o'clock kickoff was so perfect because I could sleep in and I, you know, I'd wake up and watch football. But now it's like seven yeah, thirty o'clock. Yeah, the kids up and you're you got so you feel like you're waiting all day for one o'clock. Yeah, exactly. It's like well, yeah, waiting all not waiting all day for Sunday night. We're waiting all day for one o'clock kickoff. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I and I'm super excited to hear Scott Hansen tell me, you know, you're now tuned in for seven hours of commercial free football. I'm oh, going to yeah. have as many screens up as possible. I'm going to be watching, you know, probably four one o'clock games with red zone up as well. Um, so I'm going to have all sorts of things firing. It's going to be tough to pay attention, but that's the madness that I love. And uh, until next week, guys, Tyler, do you have any parting shots? Yeah, just a little something important to me. Just, you know, any of you guys, veterans, non-veterans, anybody struggling with mental health, uh, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody you know and care about. Um, just, you know, like to part with that just no matter if you're going through something reach out to the people that care about you don't be afraid especially with this weekend coming up uh the 20th anniversary um reach out to us for sure we'll be there 100 percent um we both did our time we both served our country so reach out to us in our dms if you need someone to talk to we're there dale from punch mma is a veteran you can reach out to him Uh, Take it easy, guys, and good fortune to all of you. We will talk to you next Wednesday.